Hello and welcome to the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast. We're bringing together the best gaming leaders from across the Nordic region to discuss industry passions, challenges and ideas. My name is Melanie and I connect businesses with talented freelancers in the gaming industry. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Nordic's Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Eva, Harry, Eleonora, and Liana. Uh, but before we get into the topic at hand today, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. So, uh, Liana, if you want to go first for me. Hi, guys. My name is Liana DeWitt, um, and I work as head of marketing at Space. I originally come from, uh, I'm both Dutch and both Venezuelan, been living in Sweden now uh, for the past almost six years now, and I've been working at Space uh, for about eight months. Lovely. Eva? Hi all, my name is Eva Alden and I'm the head of brand operations at Robobio, the home of our beloved Angry Birds brand. Uh, I've been with the company for one and a half years now, and I'm based in a beautiful country of Finland. Uh, very excited to be here and hear everyone's thoughts on the topic. Nice, nice. Uh, Eleonora? Hi, nice to meet you, everyone. Uh, my name is Eleonora and I come from Strida, ex Gilut, uh, in the esports scene. Um, I've been at Strida since the last year and I've been working with uh, many things, including content creation, SEO, branding, and um, yeah, that's about me. Nice. And then finally, Harry. Hello, my name is Harry Elonen. I'm a senior brand manager for the Minecraft brand and I work at Mojang Studios where I've been for the past, I think, 18 months. Nice. Um, so now we know who you guys are, uh, let's just crack on with what we're talking about today. So everyone has a question on best practice for building a brand. Uh, as usual, we'll go around the room, everyone uh, gets to ask their question and everyone gets to uh, comment on other people's questions um, and give your opinions. So let's start with Liana and your questions, if you want to ask it and then give a bit of context to it and then choose the first person to start. Yes, nice. So um, my question is, how do you balance between building a brand that appeals to the gaming community and a brand that attracts skilled professionals for employment? How can a gaming company strike the right balance? And the context of that question is like, I mean, at companies that I've worked at before as well, it's like you have your branding, you have your general consumer branding, but then you also have your employer branding. And usually those values are quite alike. They're quite similar and uh, you want to stand on the same ideas. How do you strike that balance between, you know, going outside to consumers, to a certain target group, and how do you recruit? For that as well. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, I'm looking at Eva. So uh... <laughs> good. Yeah, uh, this is a good one. Of course, like in my day-to-day -day role, I'm mainly responsible for brand operations and not so much on the employer branding or talent acquisition side. But to be honest, I don't see these as like separate paths in in any way. So. Uh, I don't really see the separation of this from uh, from the uh, consumer slash player slash potential employer either. So I think they all kind of like complement one another. So firstly, I think I'm like a firm believer of like uh, happy and active brand uh, telling about a happy and active team. And um, one of the things I was actually thinking about is that um, what's what's probably very interesting for uh, potential employees is that um, when we communicate about the active changes in the game, like what does the future, for example, hold for this brand? And what is the long-term approach for this brand? And uh, what is the strategy going forward? I think that uh, is a very strong argument and gives an image of to potential employees of like the future holds interesting tasks and initiatives, and I can maybe work with those in the future. 
And maybe the third thing is that um, I think it's very important that uh, we communicate about the brand's value super openly. And um, uh, these days, I don't. It's not a secret to anyone that employees are looking for like meaningful positions where making a change is like truly possible. So I think that's like the third, uh, but very important point as well. Nice. Yeah, because also like from that perspective, like when you, we look at generational, right, the different kind of generations and what kind of employment they're looking for and what kind of companies they want to be a part of. Brand has become such a big piece of that and what kind of companies and do I, um, as an employee, believe in the same values as your brand does. And we, we need to be genuine nowadays, right? All our branding needs to be genuine and other, because they will see through it fairly quickly. The, the, the new generation, at least, they're really quite um, keen to understand those pieces. So it's just like, how do we balance that kind of communication but that goes exactly towards your third point so that was cool thank you yeah i looked at some on that note uh i looked at some data points about the category in preparation for this something that totally blew my mind is the valuation of this category in if you will like entertainment and gaming if you look at what pbc estimated the um the business to be in 2017, it was worth roughly 120 billion, and PVC further projects that the entire video game business will be 320 billion in 2026. So imagine that it's like a it's a third of a trillion. <laughs> it's it's you know the I I said somewhere that gaming has become the jet engine of entertainment, and people laugh, but I I'm I'm definitely sticking to my assets on that that if you look at travis scott in fortnite is 20x uh beyonce radiohead and kendrick lamar in coachella 2017 this the the the, i i think and i i guess your question is related to that i'm i'm just gonna continue because i i have a lot of points on this topic uh the uh the the other thing that struck me really interesting is, is that gaming and entertainment brands and companies and studios, etc., have started to rise amongst the most attractive places to work. This means, this means, what it means is that the the uh, competition isn't anymore necessarily only about getting people to choose you and pay for your product. The competition is about uh, making your studio, your game brands, your 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 places so attractive yeah. that they will that the employees would choose you instead of Morgan Stanley, Spotify, or Klarna. Yeah. Um, and I remember I uh, I kind of tripped into this business. It just happened because there was a gentleman called Michael Olay who now works at RGA in LA. He came to me at uh, Noah and said, "Yo, I have a, I have something with Mojang Studios. Wanna tag along for a pitch?" And from there, it was like going into a rabbit hole, which I, <laughs> which I'm still in. And uh, when we did the Mojang Studios branding, uh, I remember the one of the key goals for that was to make Mojang Studios, you know, stand out and reach and appeal to relevant employees. So you're definitely onto there or something. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, and I, I, I guess this is what, what, it, what is, you know, happening. And, and to your question there, how do you do that? I don't think that there's necessarily like a, a rule book. There's no 60, 40 rule here, but what I can say from experience from a lot of boardrooms etc um when you do your employer brand it should be contiguous uh not identical to your consumer brands and what you really want to avoid is doing something totally different because that's something you see that hr comes and they do something totally different and there's a good example from google um if you look at google's mission their mission is and i'm paraphrasing here something like organize the world's information and make it universally accessible etc etc but their 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 evp is do cool things that matter and then they break down everything right and i think that is something really interesting because there's there's this clear line but it's not identical and i i guess you want to try to strike that 
Yeah. And I think also like, but I mean, it's, I guess it's also like an unfair question because like gaming, like this is just gaming community is freaking massive, right? It's saying like music. Uh, one of the main discussions that I have with people is like, there's no such thing as one gaming community. There's like no. different communities within games, within different games and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of an unfair question. I think it also depends on now looking to your perspectives as well. Like what communities am I talking about within it? Mm. But um, we're going to start competing, exactly as you said. Like uh, In 10 years, we're going to lack 250,000 uh, developers in Sweden alone. So it's like, where are these developers going to go to? And how do you make sure that you attract those top-skilled ones? Because at this point, do they care? Like It doesn't really matter anymore, the high salaries, because the high salaries are there. So it's like, they care about the, the nice add-ons. And what else can you offer? And what else can you add to the experience and stuff? And how do you build your brand like attached to that piece that i find that in it yeah i heard this quote on that uh that and i don't remember i'm paraphrasing and i don't remember who said it but i think it was somebody from nwa stern said that most jobs in tech aren't about tech it's everything around it and i think we're going into that or are we are already in there that and this this whole notion of gamer uh i i literally never hear the word gamer mm. i i don't I, and i really don't like that because there because how do brands grow yes by attracting light and non-buyers uh and the fact is that the category has has um grown so much that we have a lot of light and non-buyers in the reach right what it means is that the the hardcore uh you know, players, they, they're still there, but there's also very much casual gamers that don't necessarily uh, associate themselves being a gamer. They just play because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. You know? Go on, Eleanor. Yes. I started a bit uh, with Eva by saying that I didn't work much with um, employment, employer branding either because uh, that's someone else in the company that deals with that. But um, connected to what uh, Harry said, that you kind of want to do something that, uh, like, it's similar to your brand, uh, but it's not completely different, I think. Uh, but also, like, this conversation of being a gamer or not, uh, I actually think that the gaming industry has a big advantage that a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of gamers <laughs> wants to join. There's a lot of people that actually identify uh, with being a gamer. I'm, I'm one of them, but, like, I would say... 80% of the people at Strida are gamers. Uh, we game all the time. And I think it's important that uh, someone who feels to be in the target audience can see that the company understands that and provide also like uh, uh, opportunities to, to game together and, and to be playful. Um, like, for example, like uh, um, at Strida, we are doing like uh, twice a year, <laughs> we're doing uh, an in-office uh, in uh, a small esports tournament uh, just between us so we make our own team uh, we compete against each other uh, during our lunch break and now we're actually streaming those things on uh, those episodes on twitch and youtube uh, and i think that's great because like someone who might apply to us can see how we work as a team and how we play together uh, but it's also at the same time uh, it's also great for uh, our community that can see what what it means who is behind strider so I actually love these activities where you can sort of take, you know, two beds with one stone. <laughs> you know, but I love that you said that as well, because that, like, it also goes into the point of like being genuine, right? Yeah. The need to be genuine as a brand, as a company, as a, and, and that example is exactly that. It is, it is, it is, you guys are gamers building for gamers as well. So it feels like it's all part of the same, which is fascinating. Really cool. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, no, and I think the community really, really feels that, uh, and it's it's important to maintain this this relationship with them. Yeah, lovely. All right, uh, let's move on to Eleonora and your question, please. Uh, yeah, so my question was, what's the biggest challenge when building a new feature for a brand or a new brand? And I, uh, we actually talk about this, and maybe it could have been summarized easily as, what's the biggest challenge when your brand keeps evolving? And I came up with this question because just recently we we rebranded from uh, Gloot to Strida, 
And that was uh, a time where we, all of us in the team, got challenged. And I had a few things, uh, two things specifically that I thought they were pretty challenging. But first, I wanted to hear from you. And then let's see if there was similar to my experience. And um, maybe Eva? Sure. Yeah, this is, I love this question. <laughs> I was so excited to have this uh, discussion about this. Uh, for me, uh, I will point out one of the biggest challenges that I've seen here. Uh, and I, I will say that uh, it is to understand and assess uh, the brand and the changes from the outside. Uh, what is the expected outcome? And what's the choice that challenges the expected outcome that we will make uh, or we will get uh, with the with the changes in the brand? So um, during the first years of my career, actually, uh, one of my previous colleagues uh, in an agency pointed out a very important point, somewhat controversial, maybe. But um, in general, people don't really necessarily care about brands or what brands have to say in, in certain ways. And um, I think like there's there's truth in that. Obviously, like very controversial, but there's truth in that. Uh, True. So um, that's not at all controversial. Sorry, I just have to say it. that's exactly how it is. Yeah, but it's very oh. so when when we rebranded, we were like we were so excited, and then at some point, we just look at each other like, are they even gonna notice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nobody actually cares in the first. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's funny. Uh, so um, before they actually like say something about a specific brand. Uh, I think the brand needs to offer something very unique, build a community around it uh, and the story and mean something special to people. So, um, yeah, uh, from a comms point of view, I think uh, the challenge is to package it in an interesting way to the wider audience. And in short, finding a unique key message to actually get people super interested in that, because that is an, an existing challenge that we're dealing with. Yeah, and actually, like speaking about it, I will reveal one of my challenges. It was the the tagline. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. about the message, uh, it was just the hardest thing to get like a sentence that you know it works. Uh, uh, it's not cringe for a Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's original. Uh, it's just so hard nowadays just to come up with uh, you know a convincing line that you can really feel proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. And I, I have gone through two rebrands myself. Mm. Um, now, just now at Space, actually. And um, uh, that one was also one of those, definitely one of those pieces that was like, who cares, right? <laughs> like internally, it was a big deal. But like, yeah, are we going to do a launch? Are we going to do a press? Like, and sure, <laughs> like who's going to like really like go through that? Um, for I think that that brand release was a lot more important for us internally than it was externally also because we're such a new company to be part of so for us it was more internally to really cement ourselves into we're going to be gaming now we went from digital cultural center we're going to do a lot of different things for a lot of different pieces to refocus on our strategy we're going to do gaming now and that really meant more like our visual identity. How do we speak? How do we do? How do we act? And it's going to be a lot more towards it. So I think internally for us, this was incredibly important to really get everybody aligned on that. Externally, we're too new. People kind of, you know, they'd already seen us and stuff like that, but it wasn't as much of an impact. The first rebrand I went through, and I'm not even sure if you can really call it a rebrand. That was an absolute nightmare. That was uh, going from IZettle to Zettle. So we just dropped the I. Oh, there you go. And that was, oh my God, I mean, that was horrible because we're also like in so many different countries. And like the main challenge there was honestly more like the, the how do you call it? Like the list of stuff that needed to be changed that you don't, that you're not aware of. So many things. And it was like the website and our products and our flyers that are out there and the presentations and the this and the that. And it was like, and like the portals, the internal portals, the external portals, the it was insane. Like it's like just being aware of all of the list of where your brand is named, which is everywhere. And then doing all of that within the span the span of three days. So then you have like launch date, this, 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 this. It goes and like you're like throughout the different countries. So then you're basically working around the clock of like, is anything broken? <laughs> oh yeah. 
So I think that's what's like yeah. the main piece there. And I can just imagine we're still sometimes finding out G-Loot somewhere after Exactly. Long. And then we'll just drop it up and then someone else figures G-Loot. And while like doing all that like super practical stuff, you need to make sure that people actually get interested in that talk. So. Harry, <laughs> yeah. what's your take uh, into this, uh, the challenge for a brand or new brand? Uh, I was just about to say that yeah, the strategy and identity and all that stuff, that has its tricks to its trade, but it's not at all hard. Look, it, it's not that hard as, as executing and implementing. And you touched upon it, Leon, a little bit. I was sitting with this dude. I was, I was having dinner by myself in Seattle a month back. And next to me sat this gentleman and we started talking and turned out he he was a moon rocket designer. And I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, because I, 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 I'm very into space. Somehow space movies was my favorite. And I uh, and we started talking about moon rockets and he explained to me the, the very complex uh, thing about designing moon rockets. And I thought after that dinner, I thought, wow, branding is really Branding is really si- simple, <laughs> uh, in 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 that sense. But uh, just coming back to the question, maybe I guess the first question is why you do a rebrand or refresh or revitalization, call it what you want, uh, and what do you want to get out of it? I think that's the was the fundamental thing. And I I remember as a younger consultant, I. We had a case where a client came in the door and said, "Look, we're redoing our business strategy. We're going into new categories. We need to we need to build this uh, we need to build these tools, et cetera, et cetera. But we also need to look at our brand so we're relevant in this new category, et cetera. Can you help us out?" And I always found I always found that it was super soothing to have a sober business strategy behind the stuff you do because otherwise it's just like shooting in midair. Um, and the other thing I'm, I'm often, I often wonder why people don't do more of is the sober and solid brand analysis. Where are we today? What is really our position today on our current markets and where do we want to go? And how do we know that this new position is actually making sense? Um, and there's this, this weird thing. There's a lot of fluff in brand. And I think that, or just personally, as soon as I hear like stories and narrative and characteristics and words and taglines and a big pyramid of words, I kind of lose it a little bit. The point I, I, my only advice or the biggest challenge I feel, especially with complex organizations is really to keep it simple. It branding is really, really simple. You choose a category, you have a set of segments. You need to understand what drives them and you wrap a really uh, compelling brand for, for that group of people. But that's really hard. That often requires a lot of thinking. Um, and then the other thing I was thinking about is the the identity. Often you go to a graphic design agency and they talk about creativity and being creative and fluid and you want to... You know, the the most normal thing is that you redesign the whole identity without asking yourself, does our current identity at all make sense right now? What is What are our distinctive assets? If you twist it, if you twist the question is, okay, what currently is making sense? So for, for us, for instance, at Minecraft and Mojang, we know exactly which of our assets are the most distinct ones, which are the most, uh, the, the assets that have the most equity. And I think uh, that exercise isn't that hard, but I think it's really important to do. Yeah, that, that was like very, very interesting. I'm kind of related to that. I was uh, also about to mention, like, because you said, like, building a brand is like it's very simple and it should be very simple. And I think uh, what what needs to be like separated also is is um, uh, when you start building a brand from scratch, and when you work with an existing brand that's like, let's say, globally uh as a yeah. as a very high yeah. awareness such as uh, the angry bird brand and, mm-hmm. and for example if we communicate something to our community uh they're interested in it uh, they follow us they're very active and stuff mm-hmm. like that but um but to uh make changes uh rebranding 
and uh, create a new strategy, that's a whole different thing, I would say. And uh, uh, I think that's a good separation also to acknowledge here. So. I mean, towards your question, Eleonora, like the tagline question, I get, I, get, I can completely relate to the fact that that is incredibly difficult to do because you want a simple tagline, something that is easy to remember, something that perfectly conveys what you want this brand to be about. But to, like, it's incredible. I think um, Apple does this like really, really, really well. And it's like they make incredibly complex things sound or look simple. There's no thinking. There is no, you don't need to like overthink this or analyze it or like it's just there. You just immediately get it. Yeah, they're just so minimal, but minimal. There's like, and that is so hard to do to get to that kind of smoothness through that. So like, I still struggle with it, like with our tagline as well. It was like, and, and we were literally just hanging and we were like talking about it. And, and like, we saw it somewhere uh, because our tagline is space for mm. fill in blank, space for gaming, space for learning, space for events, space for meetings, space, because we do so many different things. It so makes us, I mean, yeah, but like the way that that one came out was like, so what do we do? So what do we do? We are uh, this, 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 and we make space. We make space for, and I'm like, oh my God, making space for, hey, how does that sound? And then suddenly, then we drop the making because there's no need for that one. And then it was suddenly just space for fill in blank. And for us, that was such a revolutionary one. Oh my God, did we get it? Did we get it? Simplicity of it. And that was like, but it was hard. It took us weeks to, to really nail that one. It was uh, very similar for us, uh, and actually we came out with a um, tagline during like a brainstorm, uh, and we were just like talking. I actually like as an extrovert, I work very well when I when I talk out loud because my just my thoughts just make more sense. Yeah, and it was three of us talking, and we were just writing copy for the website, and then at some point it was like. Oh, what about the, oh, what about Strida? Every round counts, and we just look at each other. That kind of works uh, because like in our, uh, in what we do, like uh, every little action you take inside our platform counts to complete our battle pass. So it actually, it sounded, I mean, cool, especially to us, I guess, uh, and it made sense. So yeah, and also it was something that wasn't too similar to other taglines that uh, we were, you know, we had before in our, in our poll of, of options. So uh-huh. You feel like this, you know, this when I guess when you get to that moment, uh, you you feel it's not a perfect. Also, like for like with my initial question, right? Internal branding versus external branding. Every little like it's good. I think that it's really really good. Nice. What was the second challenge that you had? Yeah, my second challenge was actually uh, targeting the different generations. Uh, and I think it's uh, one of the wars uh, that uh, we have, uh, especially like uh, at Strida, because we have from, you know, 16 years old uh, to to people that are like 50. And uh, the languages, apart from, you know, millennial and Gen X that are kind of in the middle and can talk to both, those two are completely apart from each other. I mean, I sometimes struggle to speak to uh, Gen X and understand what we're talking about. Um, so it's it's really hard because you need to make uh, multiple sometimes assets and content uh, so to to cater one specific generation or or the other and um, I think uh, yeah that's uh, that's a struggle in my opinion. All right, um, let's move on to uh, Eva and your question. All right, let's get to it. Uh, my question was. Uh, what are some of the special characteristics that brand marketing has in the gaming industry? Meaning, how does it differ compared to other organizations? And what are the, some of the most prominent special? Harry, would you like to start? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if I uh, I'm answering a qu- question, but I I was thinking about this question when watching Mad Men last night. Uh, I'm rewatching it because my girlfriend had not seen it. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. You know, don't, yeah. That's not, that's let's enough. not go into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, I, a different, that's a different podcast, that is, yeah. yeah. That's a different podcast. 
I think uh, I think we forget that in those days uh, that is depicting Mad Mad Men, uh, you could basically change the trajectory of your your business with a good ad campaign because at at that time you had like advertising had a totally different effect than it has today and i'm not saying uh, no no shadow on advertising right now but it had it's just different today um and i think there is and there has is still a time for brand and advertising and marketing but the thing i constantly find uh being present in our category or in our business is product differentiation and innovation product because the the underlying value of the asset is so closely tied to your brand and experience if you have a brand product people will they they will jump jump the ship um and uh i i think it's almost as you know in the rest of tech i think hey the rise of tech took us back to a kind of a product innovation and product design era. Uh, and same as in fashion, like y- you can do as much advertising you want, but if your collections aren't, you know, uh, tre- for a less of a better world, trendy or in time, you will not succeed in that. Um, at the same time, controversially, I, I also see that branding like traditional branding will rise in as in effect uh, or in, in pardon me in importance in in gaming and uh, especially especially when we start seeing gaming back ga- yeah, pardon especially as we're uh, seeing gaming brands going beyond their category yeah. uh, so we see yeah. so, you know in the entertainment we see clothing lines we see this and that be they Fortnite or us collaborating with Burberry or the Arcane example, um, and I, I, I cannot help it that to think that the, the, as soon as you start going beyond gaming, reaching new audiences, I think uh, that's where more traditional branding comes in. And to, to your question, Eva, I don't necessarily see that there's big difference in uh branding and communication i the the people who say always that oh you can't work in our category or you can't work here or you you don't know how this works look uh when you look at brand data and when you read the books the byron sharps the you know the 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 fundamentals of branding they're more or less the same everywhere there are obviously tricks tricks to the trade there's uh market dynamics uh market orientations that are different but uh in in, the big picture is that there's still the same rules apply um yeah that 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 was my long-winded answer yeah i'm actually so happy that you mentioned a few things uh especially the like relation of brand marketing to the core business in, in gaming companies and also the fact that like at the end of the day like the the basics are pretty much the same and like the, the yeah. history of branding is pretty much the same in every organization but like maybe just a little bit of background but big, big, like the reason why i actually asked this question is that i like joining from outside the gaming industry and having a history in agencies and consulting uh, with different clients from like different in- industries everything from like the so-called like traditional ones to like ed- agile startups uh, yeah. uh there are certain differences and i i would rather call them like different means of getting to the same uh, mm-hmm. same destination maybe mm-hmm. and um obviously like as you mentioned like gaming companies have been very like ua heavy in the past and obviously that makes it makes uh, somewhat of a difference in the nature of brand marketing although i i think we're see, seeing big changes there are already but um what you mentioned about uh the relation to the core business and how i see it is that uh in, in gaming companies brand marketing is very close to the key business and and business-based decision making and is like considered very differently and um, uh, I think uh, I've been involved in projects that uh, have maybe nothing to do with like brand marketing in the way it's understood. And for example, some traditional uh, or advertising agencies, for example, and mm-hmm. they can be everything from like technical game projects to certain mm-hmm. like collaboration that you mentioned as well. So I think it's yeah. just a matter of mm-hmm. utilizing different type of means to get to the same destination. So yes. That's I think yeah. very interesting. Yeah, and, and to quote on. To continue on that, I think we are often so obsessed about 
you know, brand definitions and platforms. So we kind of overcook our own omelette. And when often in gaming, especially, it feels like the big focus should be on salience. Like I went to Paris in, hold on, in February. And I always thought Paris had like this couple of fundamental things, the Eiffel Tower, Sacre Coeur, all that, right? But this year there was a new entrant, like a new scene in Paris. And it was Harry Potter game ads everywhere. I saw them more than the Eiffel Tower. And uh, it just tells me, okay, big rich media is probably having a great time recurrently because they were everywhere. They were everywhere. And apparently it was a very successful launch for them. Uh, so I I can't I can't I can't help it. I, it's advertising. Oh, I was so sure you were gonna mention Emily in Paris. <laughs> but yeah, that was that. Ah. No, no, no. Uh, Eleanor, what do you think? Uh, I mean I I agree but also disagree. <laughs> I think I mean this definitely true that a brand market there, um, if it's like a professional should be able to adapt uh, to whatever field it is. And there are certain things that are always valid. Um, but like, I do think that the, the gaming industry has a bit of a different language, uh, which I think it's a bit more complex than than other type of industry. Like uh, if we're talking about, uh, um, I don't know, maybe not the, not extreme fashion, but like everyday, everyday fashion. It's something that everyone is aware of, uh, like, you know, you don't need to speak in a different way, but sometimes like even, even the, the sentences that, that gamers use yeah. uh, are really hard to understand. And, and I, I also think it, it really differ on what game we're talking about, because for example, like PC gamings and esports, they are really, really intense. Um, and I often especially at the beginning of my journey at Strida, I really had to talk to my colleagues to understand uh, certain terms and to make the message uh, as, you know, as best as possible. Can I share a story about a mistake that we actually made on exactly this field? Okay, the mistake we 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 made we made and it wasn't a big mistake, but it was definitely like exactly to your point there. It is a different language. It is a different field. It is it is, and you notice game like like our customers they notice it they know it's like oh this is this is this is like uh you're trying cute you're trying like that's the the thing that you get (laughs) and it was one sentence we had a tournament on valorant and we had a tournament on um csgo (laughs) and in the csgo copy we had written hello agent oh that's bad i mean okay yeah, that was like, no one who's not in this industry will ever notice the difference. They will be like, yeah, sure, go for it. But this yeah. is a big deal. So it's like, it, it, it was definitely an eye opener for a lot of people in the team as well. Like, you, we need to get it together. Like, you need to understand this audience and this piece. Yeah, there. yeah. yeah that's, that's such a good point. Like, I think, like, the importance of community. I think it's been mentioned in this conversation like many times already. And I think that also creates a sort of a difference to the industry and how we talk to the audience. So, yeah. Yeah, we also had a huge discussion about like uh, how we want to say certain things uh, like acronyms. Are they cool? Are they not cool? Uh, what should we use? And yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, for example, we think that there's like a different in calling someone a gamer directly, like hello gamers, we think it's kind of cringe, but saying, you know, GG's, it's still cool, uh, but depending on where you write it and how you write it. Uh, so it, there are certain nuances that you kind of need to be careful on, uh, but uh, yeah, you get the, your uh, Gen Z of the office to guide you sometimes and yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> I get that too talk about it a lot all right any any other thoughts on it okay i mean like i've been thinking about the question a lot and like brand marketing i mean if we're looking at what kind of platform are you looking at exactly to your point eleanor as well like uh depends on what platform we're looking at but it's mostly it's usually an online platform right and an online platform creates or gives the ability to create a community around it as well 
which is the piece of the brand that preferably you want to build on because that's the piece that truly, truly gives you engagement as well. And now with online advertising, that becomes a really, really, really big deal. So I love hearing that, you know, out of home advertising is still a thing, but like we haven't done that in forever. And and I see a lot it's of been happening. Yeah, like it's been happening. Um, I see a lot of overlap there with other companies that I've worked at as well, that it's like um brand marketing has become I mean, it's still important as the brand, but marketing as such has become so different nowadays because it's not about billboards anymore. And that is also one of the conversations that I always have with boomers. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I don't know if that is why <laughs> that's a swear word. But <laughs> marketing, like it's not billboards anymore. It's growth. It's it's growth marketing. You're such a core part of the business and, and you need to be absolutely connected to the platform and to the consumers and to the full funnel, the full customer journey to get a proper understanding on how to invest and where to invest and understand where you're successful and continue growing within that. Yeah, I also want to add now that you talk about community that and in relationship with how, you know, digital marketing is different from the past. I also think that numbers um, have a different meaning and I will take a community of, I don't know, 10,000 stronger than a community of 200,000 that don't even know who am I and what are we doing. Yeah, um, and the, when the community is stronger, uh, you know, it can also be a small one, but still be worth it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I don't totally agree. I think there is a uh, the long and the short of it. I think the short of it is growth marketing and be there. But the the sad truth that brands grow most effectively through reaching non and light buyers. You need to go. It's you you can try to reach a small community and get them to pay more. But the sad truth is, according to data, that that's not the effective way to grow a brand. And uh, uh, so, so, but I I totally hear you. I think that the, the, it's a double-edged sword. You, you don't get away only with brand marketing or long-term uh, brand building. Um, you need the the so-called short, more active, activated, more focused uh, communication to support that. If you look at Airbnb, they talk until up up until the 2020s, they were basically a growth marketing house, and then they switched. They they totally switched. They basically said, okay, this seems doesn't seem to work anymore. We need to start investing in brand. They did all this rebranding, all the cool stuff, and started doing. Uh, long-term uh, uh, brand building in communications in the uh, uh, both pre-purchase, purchase, and post-purchase. And uh, I think uh, gaming is, and, you know, bigger entertainment, uh, I, 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 I think we're going towards that, especially in the time when we have brands and gaming brands that are always, are, are, are going to stay for a longer time, if you know what I mean. If you have a legacy brand, you need to, at some point, start building its brand because otherwise you're just in this weird short-term funnel. When you go to growth marketing, that's one of the main discussions that we used to have as well and still have, and that's like spend, right? Uh, in growth companies or in tech companies, it's really, really hard to get money on, on branding to be able to get a uh, budget for that. It's incredibly hard. And uh, I was reading about that and like the ideal difference, usually you have about 70% acquisition. That's fine, that you're allowed to spend all of the money in the world on, that is no problem. Uh, and we maybe get like 30% on brand if we get lucky. And uh, after reading that, if you want it to work in the long term, you need to switch those costs around. It needs to be at least 70% on brand and 30% on acquisition cost. And that is a journey that a lot of different companies right now are going through. Nice. All right. Uh, finally, Harry, in your question, definitely going to need some context for this one, love. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, what's the context? The context is I'm just curious about what people think about outside of work and I got this question once that what do you what keeps you up at night? Uh, and that could be whatever, but in this context, I'd like to uh, find out more 
when it comes to your job or the the industry we're in, what what is it that keeps you up at night? What worries you if you look at you know the short or the long term? Eleonora, do you want to go first for this one? Sure. I think I am probably not the best person to reply because I don't have a lot of problem in sleeping at night. And I was thinking about this question. I also like I am. Um, I'm a bit obsessed with my routines uh, and like I read every night before going to bed and that like clears my head super great uh, about, you know, every problems I could have about work or, or things in my life. Uh, but like a moment, the moments where I struggle to fall asleep, it's because I was just too excited about about sending something out. And, I, and then I just keep thinking about the effect and what's going to happen, how the audience is going to react. Uh, and, and then, yeah, I really need to sort of uh, try to calm myself down uh, and maybe turn the light on and keep reading for another hour till it's 2 a.m. <laughs> uh, but in general, I, you know, I, I think it's it's a good thing to to be too excited about your job, but sometimes you can't, uh, you can't fall asleep. Uh, and when it's about being stressed, uh, I'm kind of lucky because I, I managed to handle that uh, really well. And with the years, uh, I just learned how to sort of unwind. And, you know, that's that's really positive, I think. That's really positive. That's impressive. That is like, I could use some tips on that. <laughs> I can suggest you a few books about routine. Uh, because, uh, yeah, as I said, I'm pretty much obsessed with these kind of things. <laughs> Um, I can go next. The What keeps uh, me up at night? I mean, it's a lot of different things. Um, but like within the industry itself, it is, um, I mean, not necessarily worried about it, but just incredibly curious to be part of this journey or to see esports particularly, or like gaming as well. But it's like um, seeing it grow up, right? Seeing it push beyond into the mainstream like looking at Fortnite, looking at uh minecraft like talking to different people and talking to different uh like angry birds as well and like how you know movies are coming out or now the mario movie and like how does it all connect and how will this industry grow up to be because still now if you say you're a gamer some people will look at you no first of all most people don't even will say that they're a gamer because dear god no like, you know, like that perspective of it, when will that change and how do we do that? And like, that is what the question that I go along with, like, I am incredibly proud of my nephew. I really, really am with, with everything that he's done. And I think it's been an incredible journey, but I was there as well when it started off, when he was gaming, when he was behind the computer, I was also like, what are you doing with your life? Like, honestly, like get a job. He now earns more than all of us together. But, you know, like we didn't know that. then, And it's like taking it seriously and having mainstream take it seriously and uh, growing within that field. I think that is an absolutely fascinating journey to 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 be part of and to look into. Yeah, this is something that I fight for on a daily basis. And one of my colleagues, as a joke, said, oh, but you're not really a gamer. I took it so personally. We have like a whiteboard and I asked for everyone's ultimate game. And so I wrote down everyone on my, like all my colleagues on the gaming team, their ultimate game. And I said, right, I'm going to play all of these games and then I will be a bigger gamer than all of you put together. Because I take I take it so personally when people are like, oh, but you're not really a gamer. I'm like, please, I can't, I can't handle it. So I, I can relate to that completely. Good for you. I just wanted to say, uh, like uh, a few months ago, and I was in Strida already for and in gaming for more than a year, I was uh, talking to my parents just venting about something of work. And then my mom just stopped me and said, sorry, we can you just explain me again what you do at work? Because we still didn't understand that. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I've been here for like eight months and you still don't get what I do. <laughs> it's like that might have to do with marketing and communication because most people don't even think that's a real job to have either. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm so Italian. So they, you know, I guess it's yeah. on a level because they don't really speak English, but, but, but Still, it was like, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what keeps me up at night, um, the subconscious thought of knowing that the recording of this podcast is approaching. 
So I'll give that. <laughs> no, <just> kidding. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, uh, I, I think you actually mentioned a lot of like good things, like launching something. It's also like always like very exciting, and very like interacting. Uh, future of the industry, obviously, like uh, I think about a lot, like what 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 does the future hold for the Angry Birds brand? Like that's obviously something that I think about a lot, but um. Uh, like this one is actually like not so much with like to do with things related to any any of the like branding subjects per se, but at the same time, I think it's about something that's like the most important thing about branding. But for me, it's it's um if people working with the project um responsible uh, feel okay, know what they're doing, have a good understanding of what we're actually trying to achieve with our initiatives, with our business. And uh, I think that's proven to be one of the most important things about building a successful brand. And I think if people feel good and understand what's expected, it's very amazing to see the effects of this on a, on a company level. And when we collaborate and feel good about things, they're more active and it makes it easier for them to implement and respond to our brand strategy. So I think that's uh, uh, from a different angle, but still very important to brand building. Yeah, people are the hardest thing, <laughs> hardest thing. Yeah, but that's, yeah, absolutely. But like that, that's uh, like, if, I, if I'm being honest, it's, it's usually that, definitely. I don't have people responsibilities, so that's maybe why I sleep still well at night. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Harry, what keeps you up at night? I don't, I tend to, yeah, from, if we just look at, the more uh, micro things, maybe the long and the short of it, balancing the more the long-term goals with what needs to be done right now. Uh, I think Mark Ritson said brand managers live in the eye of the storm at all times, and uh, I I I can relate to that. That it's really hard to sometimes see the longer uh, the the, the horizon and and the plans and then just these other things just <laughs> i mean uh macroeconomics you know from u.s debt ceiling to war in ukraine and how that affects everyday life uh and with that maybe purchasing power and with that you know launches etc etc so I, I i tend to yeah there's a lot of things that go uh through through the head at night but the uh, um yeah all right good all right um so if you are hiring for a, a new gaming role or you're looking for a new role feel free to get in touch with oh no i've screwed it up no i'm sorry my bad right hang on thank god this is not live because i started on the wrong bit my bad before we end today's podcast, I'd like to say thank you to all of our guests uh, for sharing their thoughts in today's conversation. It was mega interesting. I love doing these podcasts because I learned so much just on a personal level about what's happening in terms of branding and, and marketing in the gaming industry. So again, on our podcast today, we've had Liana from Space Stockholm, Eleonora from Strider, Harry from Mayang, and then Eva from Rovio. If you are hiring for uh, any gaming roles or looking for a new role yourself, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. If you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can always drop me a message as well. I'm Melanie and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at melanie.lindsay at evolution-nordics.com or you can visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash SE. Thank you again uh, for the guests coming and talking to us today. Thank you guys for listening and we hope that you can join us next time.